Side, wait, it's great to hear you again or see you again uh, on the other side of the camera, looking in the back of your mind. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. You know, while oh, you're man. listening to this, we actually see you too. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> wow. But anyway, I've got the whole crew here mm-hmm. with me. I've got producer Jacob. Say hi. Hello, hello. I've got some other guy I love here. You guys. Jordan, <laughs> Mar- it's me, Jordan. Lagishpata. And I've got the doctor himself. Oh, gosh. The MC, the host. You guys. Dr. Rombie Smith. Jr. Oh, my gosh. Hey, guys. I love that. Shots down range. Let's do this, guys. Let's get dialed in. You see the title, and we're going to talk about the death of the average life. Wow. How many of you listen to country music? And what is it? Tim McGraw? It makes you average. Uh, huh? Didn't. Uh, Wait, what? Listening to country makes you average. To- Toby Keith just passed. Toby Keith just passed. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of country music. Yeah. Tim McGraw, Live Like You Were Dying. Remember that, mm. that song? Yep. Right? I don't know uh, all the words to it, but um, anyway, Jordan seems so like um, impressed this morning, doesn't he? <laughs> impressed? Yeah. I don't know. You're just unusually... You're, you're he's un- trying not to. He's trying not to render a, a Rambo statement right now. Is he? Okay. He's, is I'm he, holding said, back. You said Tim McGraw, and he's like... Yes. <laughs> Washington... Um, yeah. Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Jerusalem, right. Jerusalem. I'm yeah. really holding back, you know. Yeah. I'm, no, don't hold don't hold back, Jordan, honestly. No, please don't. Yes. <laughs> right. It's it's your it's it's that that gives us great material. So <laughs> <laughs> What is it that Jeff gave you the other day? Or sorry, not Jeff, our secret admirer. What what is that? <laughs> <laughs> What did he give you, Rodney? Wait, what? Well, Jeff, not Jeff, <laughs> uh, gave me a bottle of Rodney. Oh. Uh, what yeah. the heck is that? I don't know. I think it had something to do with one of the prior is podcasts. Is that alcohol? N- no, I think it's scent-oriented. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. okay. All right. We, we'll have to do a whole other episode on... On choosing cologne for other men. Mm. Yes. I didn't know that was part of being like a biblical man. I didn't either. Oh, I'm right. <laughs> I'm giving it to you for Valentine's Day, though. Oh, Ooh. nice. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> Rodney. <Yes. laughs> and, uh, and it's a gift to Raya. I'm providing counselor oh. counseling services yes, for yes. what happens afterwards. Yes. For free. <laughs> I need it. Yes. <laughs> so how do you live like you're dying? I mean, so the here's what I hope to get drilled down into us today, that you were made for a purpose. Mm. And we've already discussed um, discussed that. We're talking about how to live the better life. And I think one of those is coming to grips with um, what Solomon says in Ecclesiastes, that God has placed eternity in our hearts. Mm. And if we don't understand um, the end of this life and where it's ultimately headed, eternity, you will spend eternity somewhere, uh, your choice, you, um, you will spend it somewhere. But if we don't understand that, we haven't come to grips with um, we're going to die and sort of, if you will, looking death in the face and understanding these verses. We we honestly won't truly we won't truly live. Right. So now, hang on. This isn't this isn't an episode on find your local uh, funeral home and and sort of prearrange, you know. Yeah. But if you've not done that, that's actually kind yeah. of smart. I actually have mine, but I'm not going to give it away because I'm afraid somebody's going to steal it. 
You know um, where you're gonna go to a funeral home when you die? Is that what I, you're saying? I I have pre I have made arrangements for <laughs> no. what to do when I pass. Are you serious? Absolutely. Oh man. Uh, Jacob knows, like my family knows. There's a few others I think I've let in, but I don't want to get out because it's kind of like you know when when you know uh, uh, families, uh, young couples, when they know they're pregnant and they know it's a boy or a girl and they don't want to share the name because oh. they don't want somebody to steal the name. I don't want somebody to steal this idea. Oh, yeah. I think it's you... absolutely genius. Don't say it. I Wait, heard what? John. I heard what? John one time. He was like, "When I die." Okay. What song did he say he I'm wanted to play? I'm on top of the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know what he should say? I feel like I'm on the moon. Oh! <laughs> anyway, that's a throwback. That is a throwback. Go but, back and listen to Boys to Men. Yes. I know, but here's, here's what Mark Twain said. I think we're most familiar with this. And then um, when I was studying this, I came across a, um, a, a French dude that I think actually a Renaissance man. I, I want to share what he said. But Mark Twain said this, the fear of death follows from the fear of life. Mm. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Yeah. Now we've all heard iterations of that. You're not quite ready to live until you're ready to die. That's a that's an iteration. But listen to what I think I'm saying his name right. Michel de Montagnier. Did I say that right? I don't know. Mm. To begin depriving death. Yeah. (laughs) Montagna, maybe. To begin depriving death of its great advantage over us. Let us adopt a way clean contrary to that common one. Now, listen to this. Let us deprive death of its strangeness. Let us frequent it. Let us get used to it. Let us have nothing more often in mind than death. We do not know where death awaits us, so let us wait for it everywhere. Mm. Then he finishes, to practice death is to practice freedom. Mm. A man who has learned how to die has unlearned how to be a slave. Wow. That is so deep. It is deep. It's very philosophical. It's very Renaissance thinking. But obviously, you know, you can attach that thinking to the Bible. Let me reverse that. Um, Even though he may not have been a Christian, I don't know that for sure, but obviously it sounds like he wasn't. But nonetheless, he was created by God, which means he knew eternity was placed in his heart. Mm -hmm. So he probably never came to the recognition that his life was found in Christ or he would have written it a different way. Uh But we all know that. That just kind of proves my point. Whether you are a follower of Christ or not, we all know down deep inside that there has to be more to this life than this life. And that's what uh, that's kind of what the Ecclesiastes is that you were saying. Exactly. The, that we were made with eternity in mind. Yes. Is that everybody, even if they're not Christian, is going to be thinking about what happens after death. Exactly. Even the atheist will. Right. And if you don't think about it, you do think about it in this sense, like you 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 fear it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so therefore, that can um, that can drive. Um, how you live life, but obviously in, in negative ways, you know, very reclusive, very depressed, very discouraged. Or you can just say, you know, forget about it. I know I'm gonna, I'm, I know I'm gonna die at one po- at one point. So just eat, drink, and be merry. You mm. know, which is what Solomon says. He yeah. addresses that in the Song of Solomon. I mean, in Ecclesiastes, he addresses that that happy, merry attitude. But listen also what Solomon said in Ecclesiastes seven four, and then I'm gonna read verse three. I'm gonna start with verse four. And I'm gonna read verse three. He says, "A wise person thinks about death." Mm. That's coming from a, that's the wisest man that we know in the world. Right. But listen to what he said in verse 3. This, this, this verse is going to sound so odd at first. Sorrow is better than laughter. Mm. It may sadden your face, but it sharpens your understanding. Wow. So when you, when you read the first part, you're like, man, he wants me to go around being sad. Yeah. No, no. What he's saying is that if you understand, if you understand... The, all the complexities of life, 
sorrow being one of them. It actually gives you understanding and how to live life better. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also like one of those things that's like you can't experience joy unless you've experienced sadness. There you go. Like un like dopamine all the time is not gonna be actual joy. It's right. just gonna be I don't know. <laughs> well <laughs> not good. <laughs> yeah, well fake if to yeah, some extent, yeah, right? Exactly. It's, gonna be, it's gonna be propped up joy, it's gonna be propped up happiness, and then we try to find other ways to get dopamine hits, you know, through different ways. Right. No, at one hundred percent. So what I wanna do is I wanna just I wanna just Look at death, if you will. I want to look at this idea of eternity um, is set in all of us, all right? So if eternity is set within us, then how do we take that, according to Ecclesiastes, and, and back out of that so we can understand how to really live life? In other words, how to have the death of an average life. Mm. So I think there's three ways you can look at death. Um, and, and here's the first one. I think you can look at death from the downside, mm. Uh, more of a negative, it pulls you down. Let me just rattle off some stuff, what I mean by that. Um, number one, death is inevitable. Yeah. Right. We know that. Yeah. This is this is the downside of it. Like, well, yeah, I'm going to die sometime. What does it say? There's only two things in this world that are for certain, death and taxes. You know, Benjamin Franklin, somebody said that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, uh, Solomon says that. We must all die, wise and foolish alike. Death is inevitable. Here, death is is just physical. That's, mm. that's a, a downside. A man's fate is like that of the animals. The same fate awaits them both. As one dies, so the other dies. In other words, I'm just here. Eat, drink, be merry. I'm, you know, I was out of the ground I come and out of the ground I'm gonna go. Like that's just it. Yeah. Like yeah. there's nothing that happens after I die. Sort of a mistake to think that, right? But yeah. that is a downside. Here's another one. Death is unsearchable. A lot of people live like that. Like they think, Solomon says, there is no way for us to know what will happen after we die. Wow. Yeah, right? So people think, well, you don't really know what's going to happen. I'm just going to go to sleep. I mean, I didn't really know how I came into this world. I don't really know how I'm going to go out of this world. Mm -hmm. So again, what is the, really the purpose of my life? So I kind of, I'm the captain of my fate. I'm the master of my destiny. Just do what I want because when I die... I'm just kind of done. Yeah. Or you know? to the point where somebody or a, a, an entire group of people would try to build a tower oh. to, to God to figure out the answers themselves. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Little side note on that called the Tower of Babel. Yeah. Don't you think it's interesting that there's an entire software to learn languages called Babel? Whatever. Little side note. I always thought, hmm, I wonder why you came up with that term. Yeah. Um, anyway, it has nothing to do with death. Just a little side note. Uh, death is unsearchable. Number four, death is the end. Hmm. Ecclesiastes 9, the dead know nothing. Their loves, their hates, their passions all died with them. Mm. What is it when you go to um, Disney and the Pirates of the Caribbean ride? Is it still there? It says, dead men tell no tales or something oh, like yeah. that. I mean, I don't know if they got it from that verse or whatever. But anyway, there's sort of the, the, the downside. Well, here's what's wrong with that. The look from the downside brings despair. Like what? What it, it answers nothing. Yeah. It, it provides nothing. Now, why is that a problem? Well, eternity, the Bible says, has been set in all of our lives. Meaning, we know that I was made for something other than what I'm striving for. Yeah. yeah. Which is why the most basic question a person can ask is, "What is the meaning of my life?" Mm -hmm. Because eternity was set in our purpose was set in our heart. The Creator's fingerprint. His design, like God put himself in us when he said, let us make man in our 
image. image. So right. we, we were made in his image. So we have this fingerprint, if you will. So we're made with purpose. So the problem with the downside is I'm I'm constantly sort of um vexed, I guess is a word. Like yeah. I, I know that not to be true, but as as of yet I can't un prove that. I can't prove that not true. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I'm just going to give in to what I know. And the only thing I know is I'm just here for a here little amount. Yeah, exactly. Here and now. I don't know when the, the, the later is coming. So live it up, mm. you know, make my own dreams. Well, the, again, the, the view of death from the downside, it, it brings it brings despair. Mm. So obviously, we don't want to live like that. Who wants to live in despair? No one wants to live in discouragement. Yeah. You know. So I guess what we're trying to figure out is how can you be thinking about death and not live in despair? Exactly. Exactly. Well, or or have or be completely self focused and self centered in your life. Mm. Like I'm going to get what pleasures me the most mm. out of every drop of life. Mm. I'm going to live it to the fullest, and I'm going to get what I want. Yeah. Completely ignorant. Of right. everything mm-hmm. around you and your eternity. A lot of yeah. people live like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what's the old statement? Um, he who dies with the most toys wins. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. So, and yeah. Then, yeah. And then there's Galatians 6, which is, you know, the, he who sows to his own flesh, you know, will reap wow. uh, corruption. And mm. and those who sow in the spirit will reap eternal life. So, mm-hmm. oh, that's a perfect verse for this. Absolutely. Yeah. And that corruption, when you study that, it basically means like corrupted soul, corrupted ideas, corrupted yeah. mentality, like everything earthly, really, because it's all corrupt. Exactly, like you're exactly you're literally watching what you're accumulating rot. Wow. And that basically, like, there's never enough money. There's never enough things. You finally get that one thing that you thought will just do it for you, and it just doesn't. Right. And so, therefore, you're like, well, what is the purpose of life? I kind of thought that was it. No, absolutely. So, there's the downside. So, I'm looking down at life, and it's it, it causes despair. I think another way you can look at life, according to the study here of Ecclesiastes, is what I call looking at death from the inside. Mm. What is that? Well, he says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, this is where we're at. He has set eternity in the hearts of men, watch, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from beginning to end. Oh, that's good. You see that, right? You see, I only quoted part of that verse when we started. He has also set eternity in the hearts of men, yet they cannot fathom what God has done from the beginning to end. Okay, let me, let me you just... Could almost, you could almost say that end side, too. Ooh, oh, come on. I'm going to write that in there right now. Instead of I-N side, you put E-N-D side. Right, yeah. What? That's cool. I like that. I like the way that's said. That, but that is so true. Now, what is he saying here? Okay, you know the scriptures in Isaiah 55 that says, your ways are not my ways, your thoughts are not my thoughts. God's ways are higher. Hmm. So we know that. Okay, what does that mean? If I don't understand that eternity is placed in my heart, yeah. that God is building something in me greater than me, and greater than when I was born and when I die, mm-hmm. what he's saying is, I'm going to live in confusion. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Like, I, I don't know if you've ever run across this. I've been a Christian for a long time, been a preacher for a long time, and there are still moments when I try to sit down and reconcile in my head, there, there's a God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I'm like, wait, yeah. how do I explain this? Like, yeah. the universe was really, like, all this was created in seven days? Yeah. Like... Like sometimes, like I sit back and I'm like, "Wow, 
if I was a lost person, I'd really think some of this was actually a little goofy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So when you're absolutely lost and you don't understand the idea that it is God who has placed eternity, purpose, a craving and desire for him that is beyond here, that is made, you're made for eternity. If you don't understand that, the ways that God moves in your life are absolutely going to be confusing. Right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. And they're confusing for a believer. Yeah. There are times when God calls us to step out and do things that do not make sense. I mean, do you think it made sense for Abraham to have a child at the age that he did? Yeah. Do you think it made sense for Abraham to then sacrifice that child? Mm. No. Do you think it made sense for Noah and his family to build an ark and to spend that many years building an ark? Yeah, mm. that's true. I mean, little side note, Raya sent me a song the other day, and it was a song that came was back from 2018. And I said, do you know it is that song that months before God put in my heart the idea of wonder? And it is that song, and so it's been since 2018. And however many years that is, I'm not really good at math. What, seven years, six, six years? Something like that. Something I, like that. Something. <laughs> I cannot, my point is I cannot imagine trying to build an ark for over 100 years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And going, am I nuts? Oh, my gosh. When the whole town, the whole town is telling you you're nuts. Yeah. yeah. If you don't understand that God has made you for a much greater purpose, the world's going to tell you you're nuts. Yeah. You're going to think you're nuts. Like this life's just, it's not going to make sense. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you have to understand that you might not have all the answers. Okay, like, go with even that. If, even if you know, like, okay, I know I'm made with a purpose, but you might not know what that full purpose is. Come on. You might just know the next step or the next thing on the ark that you're supposed to build. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Like, you're not going to know. I don't think Noah was like, ah, yes, it will rain. No, right. Like, like they've never seen rain. He's not going to know what that looks like. He just knows that he has to follow God. Right. And that's the same thing for everybody that's listening. Like, you might not know your full purpose, but when you're thinking about death, which is what, I mean, like, you know, obviously you were saying that you're supposed to be doing. Yes. In an extent, you shouldn't be thinking about it in the way that, like, well, when I die, yeah, I'm gonna die. Right. Like, of course, but right. like, what kind of impact? What kind of purpose are you leaving behind? Right. I think it, that example has a good. It's it's also a good uh, logical reasoning around what what not to do. Like, for example, you were saying in Moses's town or community, yeah, he would have been the town idiot. He, yeah. But you know, that's like saying. If you live in L.A. right now or San Francisco and you believe believe in policing. Right, right, right. You might be the village idiot, oh, but you yeah. don't feel like one, you right, know, right. when you're in that situation. <laughs> and something tells me that, that Moses was confident, uh, clearly oh, confident yeah. enough to build an ark for 100 years so that, you know, he wasn't like, you know, constantly going, man, you know, I just, you know, I hope this works out in the end or this is going to look bad. You know, he was, <laughs> right. he, he was pretty confident uh, in that. And that also reminds me, because you, you know, in, in Ecclesiastes 3, the eternity of, of, of their life has been placed in a man. But there's also Romans 1, I just looked up, 1, 1 18 through 20, where... Uh, Paul says, for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. Wow. Read that one more time. So the whole the whole section is, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Mm. There you go. No oh. rain coming. You're an idiot. 
For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Wow. 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 We don't have an excuse. No, we absolutely don't. No, we don't. Now, does that mean it's it's always going to make sense for us? No, no but has has his purpose been made clear? And the reason why we ask what is my purpose for living is because God has placed eternity in our hearts. We need to come to the reconciliation of why we were made, what we were made for, who made us. Mm-hmm. And when we come to that realization that that death is not the end, it's it's actually sort of the beginning and earth is dress rehearsal for heaven, when we come to that realization, it actually helps us live every day with purpose. Yeah. Instead of trying to find purpose in in a job and, and, and in so many areas that we sort of make up because, well, that's what the world scripts for us. Mm. You know, one of the things that really heightened my awareness of this is just traveling around um, the country on mission trips because our Western idea, even here in the United States, of certain things of what purpose is looks so vastly different from country to country. And you know that Rodney, Mm -hmm. you've traveled as well, but the same common core is in everybody. They know they were made for something more significant than what they're doing. They're Mm -hmm. just trying to find it. Wow. We're trying to help you have the death of an average life. So, so you don't have a downside view of death or an end side view of death you are under trying your best to understand God, how God created you, what he created you for, so you don't live in the downside is despair. The end side, well, we, we just read it, is is confusion. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about the good news then. Well, I think there's an actual biblical view of death, obviously, and I call it the upside. Yeah. And play on words in a lot of ways. It's We're going up there. <laughs> yeah. um, it lifts us up, literally, like the rapture. But it lifts us up out of the grave. It lifts us up every day. Like, listen, understanding your purpose in life is what ought to get you out of bed every morning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, I've had those jobs. My, I've had jobs where I didn't want to get out of bed. My very first job was working at a grocery store in North Carolina. I didn't want to get out of bed and go piggly, work at a grocery store. the old Piggly Wiggly. You know, actually, it wasn't Piggly Wiggly. It was Food, food Lion. Line. Yes. Oh, there you go. Yeah, it didn't last long, but that's another episode. But... Um, <laughs> I mean, I think we've all had those jobs where we're like, man, you know, just don't want to go. So yeah. my point is your job doesn't always satisfy. Um, not all relationships satisfy. Mm-hmm. So it's discovering your purpose, like why God put you here. And that gives you the upside. It helps you get up in the morning. It lifts you up wherever you are. Eventually you will be lifted up. That's why I put it that way. So let's ask and answer one main question. Yeah. That I don't know that we've ever asked and answered. Maybe we have uh, on on this podcast. But what happens after I die? Mm, that's good. Like what? Ha- like what? Ha- do I just go in a box and that's it? Mm. Uh, do I sleep somewhere in Nirvana? Um, you know, do I die somewhere in some? virgins take care of me? Like, what <laughs> What happens? You know, well, the Bible's really clear um, about that. You get to choose where you will spend eternity. Mm-hmm. Now, when the Bible says he has placed eternity in your heart, he has given you the ability to know at some point that there is a God who sent his son, who died on the cross, who desires to have a relationship with you, 
what Rod, the verses Rodney just read earlier. But in that, he has also given you the ability to choose, yeah. to know that if I reject that offer of salvation, relationship with Christ, that if I reject that, I will suffer separation. Mm. We call that hell. So you get to decide which eternity you're going to pursue. If I have the downside view of death and an end side view of death, then I will live life without purpose, basically choosing to reject why I was created, who created me, what he created me for, a relationship in Christ. I will have made that choice to be separated from Christ in hell. So what happens after I die? Well, there's two words. It's either separation or celebration. Yeah. It really is. Second Thessalonians says, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord Man. and from the majesty of his power. We think the most horrible thing about hell is what we traditionally think about hell, like hot and ever-burning without, yeah. without being consumed. We think that we think the devil is just going to walk around with a pitchfork, you know, and, and that kind of a thing and just torture. We think that's the worst thing about the Bible. Actually, in those verses, says the worst thing about it is at the moment of death, when I have not accepted Christ, I now realize what I was created for and who created me. Wow. And my choice, not Christ, my choice of rejection sent me, listen, into hell, but out of his presence. Wow. When I realize at the moment of death how much God absolutely loves me and that he is the one that created me. And at that moment, I realize if I would have just chosen him like he reached down to choose me, that I would have spent the rest of eternity, all of it, I would have spent eternity with him. But now, based upon my choice, I am I chose to be separated from him. Wow. The worst thing about hell is not the aspects of hell. It's that I am not in the presence of the one who absolutely loves me. Yeah. That is the hell of hells. Mm-hmm. Hell of hells is living in separation from God. But the Bible says this, 2 Peter 3, he is patient with you because he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants all to turn away from their sins. So a lot of people can listen to 2 Thessalonians and go, yep, there it is. There it is. All God wants to do is punish me. You just read it. No, what he's saying is, look, you need to understand that crossing this line, you bring punishment on yourself. I don't want you, Christ says, I don't want you to be punished. I've already put eternity in your heart. I have already placed a little enough of me in you so that you will know to ask, is there more? Why am I created? And in doing so, as Rodney said, all of creation will reveal who I am. You just need to see it and choose me. Mm, yeah. When I understand that, to me, that answers the question of how to put to death the average life. Well, and speaking of put to death, that you you allowed the very people who rejected God to put your own son to death wow. as a sacrifice uh, to cover the sins of the world, and people still rejected. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. right so, there. So, I mean, the pain, it, it has, I mean, it clearly goes both ways, you know, to, to do that much, to do so much and yet still be uh, rejected. Right. And that's why the sentence is so harsh. Exactly. That's so well said. So we said separation, but we also said celebration. Listen to Revelation 21. God himself will be with them. He will, listen, he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things. You need to listen to these words. So the order of things is because of sin, we experience tears, death, mourning, crying, and pain. The the whole world, like rocks groan to be returned to how they were created. Right. The Bible says all the creation groans. So when he says, for the old order of things has passed away, Mm. down deep inside of you, you know that you were made for more than this which is why we have psychologists to help us get over pain, which is why we have doctors to help us um, live better, which is why we have food that we try to improve the quality of life, which is why we have workout plans to sort of make the joints and the bones and the body last longer. We know that we're not getting better. We're getting worse. We're getting older as I get older, I am not becoming more athletic. Right. <laughs> yeah. I am becoming less athletic than what I was. We know that. We try to do everything we can to slow that down and to avoid certain things of that. That's as a result of sin. There's an order of things that is operating against me right now that is keeping me from Christ. But Christ stepped in knowing that order and said, yes, in this current life, you will experience that. But eternity in your hearts means there will be a day that in my presence you can celebrate because how you were meant to be will be realized. Yeah, wow. yeah. And you will live like that. Mm. Psalm 16, you fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. You were made to live for eternity in the presence of Christ. And eternity, by the way, doesn't start the moment you die. Mm. The Bible says the moment you accept Christ, eternal life starts. Yeah. That meaning while you're here on earth, there may be tears, pain, groans, but you have the presence of Christ to help you get through those moments and see the purpose and the pain and the tears and the, to see all of that, knowing that there will be a day when this is no more. Wow. brings It brings uh, real substance to the term, it's all over by the crying. It's already been decided. Everything's great way. It's already set in motion. Great way to say it. We can sure. either get on board or we can cry about it later. Exactly. Mm. I mean, without Christ and without Without understanding death, we try to remedy all of that ourselves. Yeah. And it doesn't work. We cry ourselves to sleep. We medicate ourselves to make it through the day. We try Botox to make it look like we're not stressed out. You know what I'm saying? Like we try so many things to medicate what we know as separation. I may not put it in those terms, but. Because I've not yet come to Christ, I'm not able to understand how to live for Christ in the midst of a world that's fallen. Mm. 
but with the hope that when this world does end, because I I have a biblical upside view of death, that there will be a day that this is over. And I am not facing separation from Christ, which amplifies even more so what I'm experiencing in this world, but I'm able to celebrate. There will be a day that I can celebrate. The look from the upside reveals hope. Mm. That's hope. Yeah. The downside is despair. The end side is confusion, but the upside is hope. What we're saying is you get to wake up every morning in a fallen world where people are groping, grasping, and trying to create hope. You get to live with it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's going to be pain. There's going to be tears. There's going to be sorrow. There's going to be hurt. But in the end, you know that I was made for a purpose. God has placed eternity in my heart, and I get to live like I'm dying. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, this dying is just I'm moving out of this temporal body into what I was made for eternity. Yeah. And so there's probably a few people, at least a few people, given the number of listeners, that are hearing this and have probably been hearing for a long time, you know, live godly, focus, fearless, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're supposed to do all these things. What does that what does that even mean? Like how do I how do I get you know uh I can't I'm trying to Great think question. it was uh, Shawshank Redemption when he says Ooh. either get busy living or get busy dying. Oh. Um so how do I get busy living? So if so if somebody's got that in the back of their head what's the answer to that? You know what it's it's somewhat of an easy answer answer but let's walk through it. I'm going to answer it one way but it's going to hit two people. Mm. Um, I believe. Um, so how do I get started? Well, number one, you have to identify, you got to identify what's driving your life. Right. So what's driving your life? Like to Rodney's point, what's driving your life right now? Self-care, self-motivation, self-preservation, self-help. Like, are you waking up every morning to sort of avoid pain? Or and, seeking pleasure. Or, or seeking pleasure. And in seeking pleasure, hopefully avoiding pain. Exactly right. Are you living only for TGF Friday? And hopefully that a few drinks at the bar will make you feel better, only to know that those drinks are going to wear off on Sunday and Monday's back at you, mm. which is why people live for Friday, you know, if you will. Um, are you, you yes? So you have to identify, like, ask the question: What's what's driving me right now? Mm. Is it my desires? Is it my hope? Is it my work? Is it it my effort? Um, if if it's anything other than Christ, the answer is. This is where it hits two people. You got to come to Christ. So even as a follower of Christ, we can get sidetracked. I didn't say lose your salvation, but even as a follower of Christ, if you come to the moment of salvation, you you and I can get sidetracked. Yeah. We can lose focus. We can think that it's it's closing the deal, it's getting the paycheck, it's making the kids happy, it's putting them in every recreational if, league possible. If, if I could only do this one other, if I can get this one thing done, then God, you've got 100% of me. Just, oh. Yes. I got to get this one thing. Yeah, that's a good uh, way to say are it. Are you working towards the next achievement or are you working to get closer to God? Right. Mm. Abs- identify Sorry. what's driving your life um, so far, <laughs> which means for those that may not have yet come to Christ, that means... When are you going to come to the realization that living life on a treadmill gets you nowhere? Mm. And you need to realize what my what I need is uh, not for all my questions to be answered or for life to be made square and fair. What I need is I, I need to be in a relationship with Christ. I need to admit it's Christ that I need yeah. and literally cry out to God right now. And the Bible says if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, you will be saved. Do you believe that? Do you believe that without Christ, you literally have no life? 
because he died for you. So that means this is how you put to death the average life yeah. by accepting his death, burial, and resurrection. Mm. So what's what's driving your life right now? Paycheck? What's driving your life right now? A job? To Rodney's point, the next thing. And then obviously, how do you how do you get started living? How do you put to death the average life? Believe. Literally believe God has a purpose for your life. Now, we sort of developed that in a few episodes previous, and we're going to continue to develop that as we talk about how to how to become better. But the Bible says God is our maker. And in our union with Christ, listen, he has created us for a life of good works. He has created us for a life of good works. All right, here's the news. You don't have to literally get up every day and wonder, first of all, has God made me for something? He has. Yours is the joy of getting uh, to discover what he's created you for. Mm. So God's already planned out a life of good works. Which there's some commonality to that. Uh, like we've all been created to serve him, find our ministry, utilize our spiritual gifts as a Christian to help others, to spread the gospel. We've all had that common mission. Mm-hmm. But for you specifically, you get to, you get the joy of discovering like, okay, God, you you made me, I'm gifted in this area as an engineer, um, you, as a teacher, um, as a plumber, uh, as an athlete, as an architect, like you've gifted me. How do you want to use these gifts so I can demonstrate life and death and hope and celebration in Christ? Mm. But believe, but literally every day get up and believe God has made you for a greater purpose in life. And here's the, here's another way. You got to receive, receive God's son into your life. The Bible says long ago, even before he made the world, God chose us to be his. God chose us to be. What does this do to you when you hear that God chose you? Mm-hmm. You were chosen. You literally were chosen. You were not an accident. You were not an afterthought. Um, you, you maybe have heard that your mom and dad decided to have children. God already knew before your parents ever decided to have kids. God knew the, the day you are going to be born. And he knows everything about every day of your life. God chose you, watch, to be his. How do you put to death the average life? Realize that you were chosen for so much more than right now that you may even be living for. God chose you to be his through, to be his very own through what Christ would do for us. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt us into his family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this, listen, because he wanted to. Yeah. Like he want he wants you to have life. He wants you to have hope. He wants you to have purpose. So when you and I see life from the upside, when I realize that God has placed eternity in my heart, I literally get to wake up every day and not say, ah, oh, I got to go to work. You literally get to get up and say, God's given me this day. Like Christ died on the cross, not just so one day I will be in eternity, but while I'm in this world, I get to be with him every day. Like right now, I get to talk to him. Right now, I get to pray to him. Right now, I get to hear from him. Right now, I get to worship him. Right now, I get to drive around and just look at the beauty of all of his creation. I get to stand outside at night and look at the stars, look at the clouds, look at the moon, look at all. I get to see his handiwork. And if God created all of that, and even in all of that, he still wants to be with me, the Bible tells you now the stars worship him. Like you literally can look up to the stars and see that the stars know they were made by God. When I have that upside view, I have hope in my life to wake up every day. But right now I want you I want you to ask a question. Are you living with the downside 
like I'm just gonna die. I'm just I'm in a dead end job. I'm in a dead end marriage. I'm in a dead end. I'm in a dead end relationships. I'm in so much debt. Like everything's a dead end. Mm-hmm. Like literal, like dead end. Like when there's no life to this because when I reach the end of it, it's just dead end. Mm-hmm. Are you living like is that you like right now? You have despair, and you're crying out to God. Do you have that end? Side view where you're like confused, like I don't get what's going on here. I don't, I don't, am I really made for a purpose? What does this even mean? Like, do you love me? If you do love me, then why are these things happening? Then you need to understand that Christ absolutely loves you, but you get to choose. Number one, you get to choose how you're going to approach death and life. Are you going to choose to be separated or are you going to choose to celebrate? Mm. We got to put to death this, this average, average life where we just wake up every day. Even a Renaissance philosopher said, face death. Even a Renaissance philosopher said, a man who has learned how to die has unlearned how to be a slave. Wow. Like, if you will learn how to live for Christ, you are no longer a slave to this world and its philosophies. Get the get the check, dig the ditch to pay the bills, dig the ditch to get the check to pay the bills. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, you get to wake up every day and say, God, this is the day you've already ordered, you've already made, choose it. And that way, that's how you live like you were dying. I think about the, the, the common... You know, and it's currently ever present now. But think about what people, you know, the, the saying like "better to die, uh, better to die," you know, with with my liberty than on my knees. You Ooh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's ironic that we value our physical liberty, but we don't value the liberty of our souls uh, as much. And yeah. so, are we willing to die for the liberty of our soul as yeah. well? Yeah. So right. once you come to that conclusion. And uh, you know, and to I take a step that. forward, you're 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 already on the other side of the decision tree. You're you're marching. You're st- stop talking about it. Stop thinking about it. Exactly. And, you know, there's also like that. There's the aside from just the misery of life. I think you know, which anyone can get sucked into. There's also this, like you said, the false hope and being fixated on. Once I have, once my business achieves X, once yeah. I yeah. own Y yeah. and Z, yeah. the the question is, then what? Right. Then well, what? Okay, so you have it all. Then what? Yeah. Right. You know, then you'll be happy. Do you do you truly believe that? Right. Um. Um. And if you do, there you, you know, you you're probably already right. uh, glassed over. But but clearly, uh, life is bigger than that, and everybody yeah. knows it. Absolutely, yeah. bigger like, than the physical. Yeah. Absolutely. Like right now, I know. I know as men right there, you you know God made you for a purpose. And I get that. And, and, and some of you are probably listening going, I've asked God what that means. Like, I understand that. You know what you do? You you may not know every day. Like, he's not. he may not send you like a telegram or a text or, you know, you may not <laughs> receive the newspaper on the front porch right. of, of your house that says, do this. But yours is the joy to wake up every morning and just present yourself to God. Yeah. Just present yourself to him. It's in stepping out every day into the life that God has created. Just say, God, today I am yours. I am yours. I have to go to my job. My calendar's already set. My kids have got to go to school, and I got to get them to these places. But God, I'm yours. Yeah. Speak to me. I'll, let me worship you. Let me see you. Let me acknowledge you. Let me know you. That's what you do. It's and just that as simple is as that. Purpose. That's what That's you're your made purpose. for. And like God is going to have a specific purpose for every person and their own strengths yes. because he knit you with, you know, together in your mother's room with, with a purpose, right? But yes. everybody has the same purpose, and it's to know God yes. and to serve God. Yes. Like, yeah. the best thing that you can do, like, the two best things that you can do if you don't know what your purpose is, 
is to get to know God better and then to start doing his work. Right. 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 100%. This is going to say the same thing. Uh, You know, how many people, how many men listening right now Mm. have never clicked the serve tab on the church website? Oh, wow. If you haven't clicked the serve tab in your life, Mm. And you haven't taken the action, and you're just like, God, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me mm. to let me know, tell me, tell me, tell me. And you haven't even taken a step. You haven't even taken a step in faith. Um, you're, you're, you're still not yeah. putting your, your money where your mouth is. Right. Take a step forward, start serving. God will direct you in the right way. Right. But you, you know, know you gotta you gotta actually click the serve tab. I actually had that thought the other day. If I can sort of confess this, I was rattling through my head all the areas that we need to serve. And I'll be honest, um, out of let's say twenty areas that we need, I thought of more women that could fill those roles than men. Mm. And I was like, what? Mm. I mean, I literally was. I was like, wow, we need we need a teacher here, we need a teacher there, we need this, we need that, we need a better administrator in this area, we need help administration, we need support, we need a little bit of HR, we need a little bit of personnel. And I was just kind of rattling off all those things. And I thought of more, I hate to say it, but I did. More females came to my mind. And I was like, and I was like, no, 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 no. Like, not that I'm against that, you know what I'm saying? But I was like, I need we need to know that there's more men willing to serve. Yeah. yeah. To your point. I mean, that's what I'm really trying to say. I was like, I where are those godly men? Like yeah. where are they that and that's the whole aim of front sight is to raise up godly men, Second Timothy two, to raise up godly men who will bring other men alongside and like we we need you in the life of the church yeah. to Rodney's point. And if you don't even know where to start, well that's why we're here. That's why we on staff are here, Ephesians chapter four, to equip those to do the work of the ministry. So come see us. But anyway, that's an absolute excellent point. Well, guys, let's put to death the average life. You were not made just to get up and dig the ditch to get a check to pay the bills. You were made, yes, to work, industry, but you were made for eternity. And number one, I hope you understand it means coming to faith in Christ. If you've never come to faith in Christ, reach out to us and we will walk you through what that means. If maybe in listening to this, you you decided to trust Christ, you got to let us know. We will follow up. We do have resources for you. But we're praying for you to just not live another day as if it didn't exist and it didn't matter. Yeah. Give this day to Christ. Turn your life over to Christ. The fear of death follows from the fear of life. A man who lives fully is prepared to die at any time. Die to self, Jesus said. Let him take up his cross, deny himself, follow me. Follow Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Woo, that was good. Yes. All that right. was good. That was we, heavy. It was good, yes. Man, we talked about death, but we talked about life. Yeah. Let's go. I love you guys. Oh, thanks. <laughs> are you talking to us here in the room or are you talking to those listening? Yeah. Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Everyone. All right. Spoken like a middle school director. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Love you. See you next time. Peace.